Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and, if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Put your right hand over your head. Let's say this thinking, thinking. You've got to go. Today I receive revelation. Old thinking, traditional thinking, religious thinking. You got to leave. I receive revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. This week as I was preparing and getting things ready, I felt like the Lord said this to me, and it maybe sound a little corny to some of you, but I just felt like God said, put your sunglasses on. Amen. You're thinking S-U-N. I'm saying S-O-N. Put your sunglasses on. You're going to have to start reading the Bible with your sunglasses, not your slave glasses. Some of y'all still read your Bible with your slave glasses. I'm a nobody. I'm a worm. I'm nothing. And so you read verses that say amen to all that. But when you know that you're a son, come on now. Amen. When you know that you are a son, say I'm a son. I'm a son. So this is what you need to do today. Put on your sunglasses, eh? <laughs> this sunglasses doesn't make it darker. It makes it brighter. <laughs> this sunglasses, when you read the Bible, will bring you fresh revelation. This sunglasses, when you read the same stuff you've read a hundred times, this time with your sunglasses on, boom, it comes alive. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Say, I got my sunglasses on. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. Where's your sunglasses? (laughs) Hallelujah. Creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons. And I'm believing this church is full of sons. Amen. Amen. No slaves in this place. Say this, I'm a son. Say it, I'm a son. This is one thing I want you to understand, especially if you're from a third world culture. You're very familiar with using the term master when you pray. We come from that background. We say master, master, except Galatians tell us very clearly, he's no longer our master, he's our father. Jesus came to reveal God not as a master. He came to reveal God as a father. And so when they say, Lord, teach us how to pray, he says, pray in this way, our father. And they go, what? You remember when, God, when, the, when the Israelites were brought out of Egypt and they come out and God introduces himself as a father. He says, I would like to draw you and, and keep you under my wings. I want to I be like an eagle that covers you. And they say, no, just tell us what to do. Why? Because that's what they were familiar with in Egypt. They were used to a master telling them what to do. Pharaoh would whip them and say, do this. And they were good at doing it. They were not familiar with having a father where what you do comes out of a relationship and an intimacy with God rather than being told what to do. Amen. Say, I'm a son. I'm I'm not a slave. slave. Say it again. I'm a son. son. Not a slave. slave. God is my father. father. Not my master. master. Hallelujah. Come on now. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. This is the message I do when I travel all over the world. Church, it's time to change mountains. We've been hanging around Mount Sinai all these years. We call ourselves New Covenant people, but we're still hanging around Mount Sinai. We have not come to a mountain that can be shaken, which is moved with thunder and smoke, and the people cried out saying, Stop speaking to us, but we have come to Mount Zion. Come on now. That's where you and I live. Mount Zion is the mountain of grace, beloved. Come on now. Under Mount Sinai, 3,000 people died. At Mount Zion, 3,000 people got saved. That's, that's the mountain we live under. You hear me now? It's time we get away from that condemnational doom, gloom. You know, September is going to be a bad month. Look out for that. The stock dips a little bit and everyone's like, oh, it's that prophet. No, it's not. It's China. 
Common sense would tell you that. You know what? Let's do this. Lift your hands and say, September, September. You, are you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Say, September, September. You, work you work in my favor. Everything I do in September, do in September. is blessed. blessed. Now say this, America, America. You, are you are blessed. You are protected. You are protected. September, September is a good month for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> oh, I, I, sorry, I, I just had to do that, man. Facebook is a funny place, man. You see people put on some funny stuff. Even the prophets of gloom, that's what I call them. Even the prophets of gloom have started to put Facebook updates saying, well, if nothing happens in September, it's because God heard our prayer. Everybody's covering you know, yeah. Just in case stuff don't happen. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So you speak to your September and you tell September what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, God has raised me for signs and wonders because I dwell in Mount Zion. Come on. I like that one. I like that one. Say, God has blessed me. God has anointed me with signs and wonders because I dwell in Mount Zion, the city of the Lord. Say it, I'm anointed. One John chapter three, verse eight. Hallelujah. As we continue talking about this concept of war in, in, in grace, warfare in grace. This is really good. I've had to relook at everything that I've always believed it through the lens of grace or through the sunglasses, like I call them. I've had to look at everything because now my perspective is completely changed. Come on now. How many of you know that grace changes everything? How many of you know that grace changes the way you look at everything? I mean, you start loving your mother-in-law. Come on now. Grace changes everything, right? That annoying boss that's been, that's been tormenting you. You suddenly feel love for that guy. Why? I love you. It's grace because it changes everything. Grace changes everything. Hallelujah. It's not only me, but I just feel God here today, man. Jesus. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. When Jesus said it is finished, one of the reasons he came to the earth was for this purpose. He came to do what? destroy he came to destroy the works of the devil 1 john chapter 3 verse 8 let me read that in the amplified it says the reason the son of god was made manifest or visible now watch this was to undo destroy loosen and dissolve the works of the devil or the works that satan has done Jesus came to undo what the devil had done to planet earth. Jesus came to undo what Satan had done. He came to dissolve his power. He came to disarm him. Here's the beautiful thing. Now Satan has no weapons against you. You have to hear me. Colossians chapter 2 says, Having nailed the law to the cross, he has disarmed principalities. He has disarmed them. Satan is disarmed. 
Spiritual warfare in grace, hear me carefully, is not you trying to defeat Satan. Spiritual warfare in grace is you living in the victory of the one that defeated Satan. (laughs) Spiritual warfare is not you trying to defeat Satan. Spiritual warfare is you living in the victory of the one that defeated Satan. What's his name? Who's the one who, who is the one who defeated Satan? Jesus. Jesus is the one who defeated Satan. Jesus, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, it prophesies about what Jesus was going to do to Satan. It says he will come and he will crush the head of the devil. He will crush the head of the devil. This devil that we have been taught is massive, big, mighty, strong. Oh, the devil came in like a flood. Oh, the devil. He is defeated. He is completely defeated. Now the only thing Satan has over you is your ignorance. There are three things that you need to understand as you enter spiritual warfare. Three things that you need to understand when you walk in to walk in the victory that God has for you. Many times in the Bible, when the Bible refers to us fighting Satan, the word used is always stand. Are you listening to me? When the Bible talks about standing, having done all to stand, stand. Amen. Then the book of Ephesians 6 says, withstanding Satan. Amen. Book of James chapter 4, resist the devil. That resisting in in the Amplified says to stand against Satan. When the Bible speaks about us resisting Satan, it always says stand. But when you see the church world fighting Satan... It's all panic and, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, woo! The Bible says stand, meaning what? True victory against the devil comes when you are standing in your position of rest. True victory comes when you stand in your position of rest. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You have to hear me, beloved. There is a real devil and he hates you. There is a real devil and he can't stand the sight of you because you are everything he wanted to be. He wanted to be the one that ascends and sits. Well, guess who's sitting there right now? Say this, I'm seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principality. You need to understand that spiritual warfare is from the place of you being seated in heavenly places, looking down. You're not fighting the devil up anymore. He may be in the air and doing what he does, but you are operating from the place of being seated. Meaning what? Satan is under my Okay. Good. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, brethren, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when you are standing there, are you standing in your own strength? Are you standing in your own wisdom? Are you standing in your own glory? No, we stand strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, in his might. Amen. 
Put on the whole armor of God, and I'll get to the armor of God soon, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, while we get into this concept of spiritual warfare, you have to understand that your starting point in spiritual warfare is not defeat. Your starting point is victory. You don't enter spiritual warfare to defeat Satan. That makes no sense because he is already defeated. God gave you a defeated Satan to fight. <laughs> Are you listening to me? He's a loser. God did not give you a battle. Say this, God did not give me a battle. God gave me a victory. Are you listening to me? But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Amen. Always triumph in procession. He has given us the victory. God did not give you an unfair battle where you have to be beaten down and stressed out and lose children and lose money and lose life and waste your health and all that stuff. He has given you a victory. He has given you a victory. But if you don't know who you are, whose you are, and where you're operating from, you will operate, operating belonging like you're all alone, praying for God to anoint you when you're already anointed, praying for God to guard you when you're already guarded. The only thing Satan has against you is your ignorance. There are three things that are really important as you enter into spiritual warfare. Number one, your revelation of Jesus and his finished work. What does the finished work mean to you? That he left Satan all around just to whoop you out on this earth so you're miserable and pray that you go to heaven quickly? See, this is how church people believe. They believe Satan is still in charge. And so therefore, as long as we live, he's the prince of the air. He's the god of this world. No, he's not. He's been dethroned. John chapter 12 says this, Jesus speaking about his death and his, his burial, his resurrection. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of the air cast down. When did that happen? 2,000 years ago on the cross. Colossians says, not only was he cast down. Colossians chapter 2 says, God made a spectacle of him, parading him in front of everybody. Parading him. You know why in the olden times, the Roman, when they would win a war, they would get this king that they just beat and they would parade him. Why? So that the people could see him and go, I don't have to be scared of him anymore. Amen. I don't have to be scared of him anymore. He's already defeated. He is already defeated. Are you listening to me? Jesus paraded Satan so that the believer through the scriptures could look and say, wow, he's defeated. You know, the book of Isaiah says this about Satan. One day when we see him, we will say, is he the one? Are you? What, what did Pastor Jim say? Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> is, <laughs> are you the one that tormented the nations? You are the one that put sickness in you? Because he's a defeated foe. We empower him with our ignorance and our words. When we believe wrong, we confess wrong. And when we confess wrong, we empower the wrong thing. Right. It's really important that you understand this. Or you will spend the rest of your life fighting a defeated foe thinking he's powerful. The only power Satan has on you 
The power that Satan has on you is proportionate to your level of ignorance. You have to get a revelation of Jesus and his finished work. Jesus gave you a victory. He did not give you a battle. He gave you a victory. He handed you a victory. He did not give you a battle, beloved. But this victory is dependent on a couple of things. Number two. Number one, your revelation of Jesus and his finished work. What does the finished work mean? Is it really finished? Or is it only kind of part, sort of, kind of finished? Is it finished? Finished. If Jesus came in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 to destroy the works of Satan, the Son of God was manifest that he may destroy the works of Satan. Was Jesus allowed to say finished if that was not done? And yet y'all walk around like he's, oh, that devil, mm, the Antichrist is rising, I can smell it in the air. What is the Antichrist filling people with? A defeated power? Church, God gave us the dominion back over the earth. He gave us back dominion over the ground. Now it is yours. All authority was given to Jesus. Have you ever thought about this for just a second? Why does the Son of God, the creator of heaven and earth, need to receive all authority? He don't need to receive all authority. The only reason he received all authority was in our stand, in our place as a man. God don't need to get all authority, if you know what I mean. God got all authority. But Jesus, who is not my example, but my substitute. Jesus, my substitute, received all authority. Therefore, when I am in him, I walk in all authority. Say this, all authority is mine. Because of Jesus and the finished work. Hallelujah. Number two, the revelation you need to have. It's a revelation of who you are. Number one, the revelation of what Jesus has done. And number two, a revelation of who you are. Because for you to walk in dominion over Satan, you need this thing called authority. But for you to walk in this thing called authority, you need to first receive your identity. There is no authority without your identity. You cannot claim the name of Jesus like a magic wand and curse the devil. He's not scared of you using the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. He's not even scared of you singing in the name of there is power, power, wonder working power. Every time the devil shows up, we start doing the hoopla shandai, don't we? Satan ain't scared of your songs. You know what Satan's terrified of? A believer who knows who he is. Satan is terrified of a believer who knows who he is. You know why? Because when a believer gets the revelation that Jesus is not my example, Jesus is my substitute. This is really important that you understand. Jesus is not your example. You are not following in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus was your substitute. Meaning what? When Jesus was taking the steps, I was in him taking the steps with him. So when he died, I died. Come on now. When he was buried, I was buried. Come on now. When he rose again, and when he sat down, so when he defeated Satan, oh Lord Jesus, don't go there now. Oh Lord, don't go there now. 
When he defeated Satan, you defeated Satan. But if you don't know that, huh? If you don't know that, you think you still got to defeat him. You still think you got to beat him. No, no, no. You, your job in spiritual warfare is not to defeat Satan. It's to maintain what Jesus has already done for you. Spiritual warfare is you maintaining what Jesus already obtained. You can't defeat Satan. I know your mama said you all that in a bag of chips. You can't defeat Satan. So Jesus defeated him for you. Not did Jesus defeat him for you. Jesus defeated him as you. <laughs> Lord, I love this word. I, my God, I can't tell you how much I love grace. For those of you that were in bondage all those years. Come on, how many of you know it's like a breath of fresh air? <laughs> when you come to grace and you're like, my Lord, I don't have to fight Satan. I just got to stand. <laughs> you know what Satan hates you doing? Standing. You know what he would love for you to do? Fight. There's only one time his strength is made perfect. It's when you're just standing. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. May I add one more? And they will kick the devil's butt. <laughs> How? By waiting on the Lord. By waiting, by standing in who you are. If you don't know your identity, Satan will play games with you. If you don't know your identity, your identity is not, I'm blessed, I'm forgiven, I'm holy. Those are all cute things. You want to know what your identity is? I'm just like Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Yeah. 1 John 4, 17 says, what? As he is. So are we one day, some glad morning when this life is o'er. Huh? When will you be like him? In this world, you are just like him. The day you got saved, you started to look just like Jesus. You started to act just like Jesus. You have his nature. You have his power. You have his dominion. You have his authority. The day you got saved, God made you just like Jesus. But if you don't know that, you will fight as a man fighting Satan that happened to get anointed by God rather than fighting <laughs> fighting Satan so when Satan looks at you he says oh Lord it looks like Jesus walk away from this one <laughs> Satan be singing MC Hammer song and looks you can't touch this ding, 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 ding. <laughs> when you know your identity Satan can't touch you because your identity is not a fake resemblance of God on you. I've said this often. The Father does not give you an identity. We, we kind of, sometimes in the grace message, when you hear people talk about grace, we make it look like God is uh, Isaac. That's right, my bad. We think God is Isaac. And, and we are the two sons. And so, you know what God does? He, he, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, Rebecca. And she comes and kind of puts on the robe of righteousness on you. So when the Father, who apparently is blind and dumb touches you 
He says, oh, it is my son Esau. That's not what God did, beloved. That is not what God did. God did not just give you a robe that fakes you to be something you're not. Salvation changed you from the very inside out. From the very inside out. Not only do you look just like him, you have his nature. The book of 1 Peter says God has given to us his divine. We are partakers of the divine nature. My God. You're not, you're not a wannabe trying to be. You are. You are. And when you realize you are, that sickness has no hold on you. When you know you are, and when you know who you are, and when you know whose you are, and when you realize that this sickness is not on Jesus, therefore this sickness cannot be on me. This depression is not on Jesus, therefore this depression cannot be on me. This infirmity is not on Jesus, therefore this infirmity is not on me. When you get a revelation that you're not trying to become like him, you are just like him. Just like him. Jesus came to do two things. Number one, reveal what the father is like to you. So you could get a real revelation of what the father was like. And that's why the people of Israel could not accept it. Because he was a father, not a master. So he came unto his own and his own received him because he was too good to be true. But there was another reason why Jesus came. Not only so we could see what the Father is like. Jesus also came to show us how the Father sees us. If you miss that second part, you will work the rest of your life trying to become something that you... Uh You will spend the rest of your life trying to become holy when God already made you holy. Your starting point in holiness is I am holy and I work towards my holiness or I work out my holiness. When you are praying for healing, you don't say I am sick, healing is there, I'm going to work towards healing. You are already seated with him. You are in him, with him, in him. He's on you, he's in you. Your starting point is I am healed and I'm working out my healing. You got to understand this beloved. Because if you're going to work from the place of I am defeated, trying to get the victory... And he already defeated you. He already sick. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Well, isn't that lying? No, it's not. It is to you. But in my reality, you already blessed. You already healed. When God speaks over you, he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Oh, preacher, you don't know. I'm just a beggar. I'm just a nobody. La, 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 la. You missed the point. Who you are is what God says you are, not even what you do. Are you listening to me today? A holy nation. When you realize holiness is a being rather than a doing. Say this, I'm already healed. Say, I'm already holy. I am the righteousness of God. God did not just put a robe of righteousness on you to make you pretend and fake to be one. That's who you are. The sooner you realize it, the sooner you manifest it. Holiness is not far away. I mean, healing is not far away from you. Healing is you. You are healed. Now, when you get a revelation that you are healed, you will walk out your healing. But if you look at healing is out there. Healing is over here. Healing when I get there. When I go to this meeting. When I go to that person. When I go to this place. And you put healing over there. You will never manifest it. Because healing begins over here. 
Number one, your revelation of Jesus and his finished work. Number two, your revelation of who you are. Your identity in Christ. When the sons of Sceva were asked that question, because they could not answer their question about their identity, they were trying to cast out the devil by using the name of Jesus in Acts chapter 19, if you remember. We exercise you in the name of Jesus. Those were the very words they said. Whom Paul serves, yeah, but Jesus. And yet the devil beats them. Huh? It goes on to say the devil stripped them of their clothes. They were walking butt naked through the streets. Oh Lord, I guess the name of Jesus don't work. The name of Jesus works perfectly fine. But what they did not know was who they were in Jesus. They didn't know what their identity was. The true secret to you walking in authority over Satan is you getting a revelation of your identity. And if you sit under ministries that keep condemning you and telling you how sinful you are and how evil you are and how bad you are and you must do this and you must do that and you must, you will keep doing, 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 doing and never manifesting and becoming who you already are. The third thing you need to be aware of and I put it intentionally in that order. Number one, the revelation of Jesus and his finished work. Number two, the revelation of who you are in Christ, your identity in him. And number three, your awareness of Satan's schemes, knowing that he is defeated. This is really important because a defeated person only acts and schemes a certain way. A victorious person who still has dominion operates differently than somebody who operates from the place of defeat. That's why in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, be sober. Meaning what? Be in control of yourself. Don't let something else control you. Amen. Don't let somebody else control you. Y'all all went to the alcohol shop when I said that, didn't you? It don't have to be alcohol. It can be somebody else controlling your life. It can be an ungodly relationship where the person keeps you away from church and from the things of God. It can be anything that keeps you away. Be sober. You be in charge of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Ghost within you. Listen to Him. Amen. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because the devil walks about, how? Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So here's something we learn about Satan. He has the ability to devour people. And 1 Peter is written to believers. But the only reason you are devoured is because you ain't sober and not vigilant. How is it that you are not sober and vigilant? When you know your identity, listen to me carefully. Your identity brings you security. When you are trying to earn your identity, you are insecure trying to receive something you already are. And there's no way you can be sober when you don't know what you are and you're trying to become something. You're all over the place controlled by something else. And often we call that spirituality. In Christianity. It's really important that you understand this. He is defeated. So if he is defeated... What is the only thing he's going to use against you? He's going to use your ignorance. Right. He's going to use your ignorance. Your ignorance of what? Of what the finished work entails. And who you are in that finished work. You are a product of the finished work. Listen to me carefully. 
People say Jesus died for Christians. He didn't die for Christians. Christians are a product of why Jesus died. Heller, come on now. You were a product. The born again new man is a product when Jesus rose again, we rose again with him. You have to understand who you are is a product of Jesus crushing Satan's head. When God defeated Satan and rose again, you came out of that. You didn't come out trying to defeat Satan. He defeated him. And when he rose again after defeating him, you were born out of that. You were born out of victory. You are not born out of defeat. You are not born in a battle. You are not born into a mess. You were born after he sat down. <laughs> you are a product of his victory. Somebody shout, I got the victory. It is finished. Ushers, would you get the communion ready, please? It is finished. It is finished. Which part of it is finished? Don't you understand? You're right. Come, John. Which part of that don't you understand? When you act like it isn't finished, the level of ignorance that you have in how finished finished is, is how much Satan has over you. Are you listening to me? Listen to me. I travel the world for a living. I've seen all kinds of demons. I've seen them dudes that change shapes, levitate to scare you. Humans that look like animals, animals that change. I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff happen. And I'm not preaching this because I've become American. I'm preaching this because I got a revelation of the truth of the finished work. And your job and my job when we go into this world is know who he is, know what he has done, know who you are in him and manifest that victory where Satan thinks he's in charge. Because the places where Satan has dominion, it is illegal for him to be there. Because now Jesus has been given the domain of the earth. He took back the keys from Satan. He took back that dominion from Satan. Now he has given it to you and I. Shout, I got the victory. Say, I'm not getting the victory. I have the victory. I start at victory. And I go from glory to glory. Faith to faith. Victory to victory. That's my inheritance. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody here that probably has never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Right now. Right now. Right now you could receive him. Right now you can, you can walk in the victory that is provided for you. You don't have to be beaten down by Satan no more. You are no loser. You are victorious because of Jesus. Because of his blood. What a waste it would be to hear all this good news about the gospel. And never receive Jesus. Because this is only reality for you when you are in him. If you are believing for victory in anything right now. Anything. Whatever you are standing in faith for. Whatever you are believing for victory for with God right now. And you know what that is. Won't you lift your hands all over this place and represent that to God? Tonight is your night of breakthrough. Tonight is your night of deliverance. Tonight you are free. Tonight that sickness has no hold on you. Tonight that pain in your back leaves. 
Tonight, that fear that you have been struggling with leaves. Tonight, God is going to turn it around in your favor. Tonight, that depression, that anxiety, those panic attacks end. Tonight, under this anointing, I decree that over you. I decree that over you. I decree that over you. This is going to be the beginning of great favor. I prophesy into your spirit. This is going to be the beginning of great success. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.